I was minding my own business this morning when a hacker came along and stole my data from the unsecured public network. Gee, I wish there was some way to prevent that from happening. All you need is ExpressVPN. A VPN, or virtual private network, encrypts your data so the bad guys can't steal it. Wow! Have you ever heard of dynamic pricing? What's that? Online retailers charge you more based on where you live. With ExpressVPN, you can appear anywhere you want and get the best deal. That's my favorite kind of deal. What else can ExpressVPN do for me? You can get access to streaming content that's normally blocked in your region. Could I even use it to get past restrictions on work or school networks? Yes, all you have to do is use the ExpressVPN app on your device. You can even use it on your router. That's right. Just go to expressvpn.com forward slash capital A capital C capital P for a special offer and get three months free when you sign up for one year of service. What a deal. Thanks, Thanks ExpressVPN. Express That's expressvpn.com forward slash capital ACP. It's time for the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts, Agent ETA, Agent Ether, Agent Kruger. And Agent Anderson, come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check us out on all of our other social media platforms. Probably Discord's the best. This week's episode, The Congressional UFO Hearing. We were scheduled to do uh, Indrid Cold and um, Number Stations. We were going to do a double feature, but then a couple days ago, something happened that I sort of, I, I saw it in the news, I knew it was happening, but I kind of forgot about it. It was the first congressional hearing on UFOs in 50 years. The first one since 1969. And this is a pretty important event, pretty big deal, one for the history it's a books. Big deal, yeah. So we have to talk about it one way or another, no matter how good or bad it was, we absolutely have to talk about this topic. We know nothing actually was happening in the military between the end of Project Blue Book and now. That's why, because there was nothing happening, so they didn't need to have congressional hearings. Uh, I covered this in I'm a sure. previous episode. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I'm pretty sure that in my first episode, my mind boggle yeah. was a document that proved that they had continued. Con continued Blue Book. I'd have to look that up. I think it was the first episode, but um, it was, it was, there was a document that said that we're going to close down Blue Book, but uh, continue reporting through the normal channels, essentially, was what it said. I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, you know. but yeah they, they never stopped taking these reports. We know that for a fact. Mm -hmm. So that's that's one thing to consider when we're when we're looking at all this stuff. Let's get into it. Yeah. So the the last one I think was the Condon Committee, and that that was the basically what shut down Project Blue Book. They came to the conclusion that there's nothing to any of this stuff, and it's all basically a waste yeah. of resources. And that was it. And they shut down Blue Book. So probably we'll do an like a whole episode on the Condon Committee because I mean that in and of itself is is a highly interesting topic. What's going on there? 
the dogs are doing something. Our, our cryptids are misbehaving. <sighs> As they always do. I don't know how they know when I hit the record button, but they do. They somehow know. <laughs> Should I separate them? Nah, they're fine. But anyways, so this hearing, it was really interesting looking at the response to this hearing on like Twitter and social media before I had a chance to actually watch it right away, right out of the gate. Everybody was saying, oh, it's a big old nothing burger. It's a waste of time. This is Mm -hmm. stupid. And people were like actually upset about it. So then I thought, all right, well, they're doing a public UFO hearing in Congress. It can't be that bad, right? But it it was bad. Well, but here's the thing though is that it wasn't as bad as people were saying. I think sometimes people were expecting them to come out and say, yes, we've met ET. We have their spaceships and aliens. in contact with them. Yeah. Aliens yeah. are a real thing. Yeah, yeah. I think some people's expectations were just playing too high. I mean, what, what do you expect is going to happen really? I mean, you think that even if they did uh, know stuff like that, you know, it's pretty reasonable to, you know, say that, Project Blue Book or something like it continued after it was supposedly ended, you know, so how how much information do you think you're really going to get? I think if the amount that we've gotten, however it has been interpreted, it's, it is very monumentous for the community. And I think it's going to be slowly yeah. but surely processed. So be patient, yeah. you know, more will come out. I mean, the, the few when they started coming out with like the few videos that they have, yeah. it's been scoured and ripped apart, you know, 20 different ways. So, yeah, I think it is a step in the right direction, at least, though. Yeah, know? yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and I think a lot of people yeah, but, you know, who were expecting full disclosure, I think they're missing the trees for the forest or the forest for the tree or whatever. I mean, they didn't, they didn't look beyond the fact that uh, other than they didn't come out and totally admit to aliens or whatever, I think they missed some of the details. And that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it as well. Because I think, I honestly think that people weren't giving this hearing a fair shake and weren't listening to what was actually being said beyond the fact that they didn't say that yeah. aliens were real. Like, is, as far as that goes, they didn't hear that, so they were done. And I don't think that's entirely fair. Yeah, they, they did say a couple of things like all conclusions are on the table. And yeah. right. you know, uh, Ronald uh, Moultrie and Scott Bray did kind of dance around with a lot of fancy talk, you know, but... You know, um, I, I think it's still encouraging what I heard there. I mean, we didn't learn a ton, but at least it does seem like they want to put the message forward that they are going to be looking for this stuff and paying attention to reports. And, and also, they're going to be, it sounds to me like they're going to be actively looking for these type of things. I know? think so, what stood out to me in that whole process was, uh, or, sorry, not the most thing that stood out to me, but I mean, uh, not like taking anything face or like they're going to take it at face value. Now there's going to be less this like shaming for pilots that didn't come forward or because they're nervous of being ridiculed or whatever it might be. There seems to be like this, this new change, like the change of, you know, acceptance. So like, Hey, recorded or not report, come forward. You're not going to be heckled. You're not going to be this. You're not going to be that. Yeah. 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 They talked about removing the stigma from, from reporting. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's I find it, I still find it very interesting. They still said some interesting stuff, and the the videos that they did show, uh, I, I kind of like that one. The the one that was uh, taken uh, with um, night vision through uh, I forget what kind of camera. Uh, those they, triangles. Oh, the the one like yeah, I know what you're talking about. That on the navy they said, ship. 
they said that the the reason why they showed up as triangles was because of light refraction within the uh, camera system, whatever that they were using. Uh, but they still didn't say that it wasn't like there there were you know there was still something there you know. But it just it, it appeared different than it, it did to the naked eye, you know. And you could tell that there's more people that you would think are more skeptical to this subject, or at least they're mm-hmm. going to be way more dismissive of anything that you'd show them. Mm-hmm. Actually open to the idea of letting it be, you know, it could be extraterrestrial, but, you know, they're going to lean towards it being a military application yeah. for our enemies or whatever it might be. Is Russia and China creating like a new, you know, faster than sound, you know, like just it's all this yeah. crazy stuff. Like, I hope not. I hope it's the opposite. And I've heard a few well, people hmm. on that stand were saying that, you know, is this, you know, a prelude? Are they investigating us before they come? You know, mm-hmm. hey, you don't know. I, I love it though. Yeah, I think. I mean, to be worried about that kind of thing, obviously you have to be right because there, there's a lot of competing forces. You know, nation. Oh yeah, nation national stuff. security. And That's up. Now, most it is very important. Right? Yeah, it's it is very important. I understand completely why they would have a closed session. You know, especially like in relation to like the type of sensors that they were talking about. You know, and that they didn't want. You know. I understand they don't want to state their capabilities because that could be used against you. Against you. you it know, was they're, they're, hard, though. I, I don't it was have a like problem with that. All the interesting but, statements, all the interesting questions, they would be like, oh, we'll answer that later in the close, yeah. close classified session. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It reminded Damn, me. I wish, I wish I could be there. <laughs> it reminded me of that Dave Chappelle skit. He was like, I plead the fifth. You know that one? Like, the, <laughs> there are only so many amendments uh, to the Constitution. The or, yeah. Yeah, that was <laughs> You know, they kept saying they're like, ah, oh, close session, bro. You're like, oh, come on, <laughs> come on. Yeah, that was. I know, man. If yeah. only I could be a fly on the wall for that close session. I'd be. Who knows what they talk? They're going to talk about, or they. I think talk about they're all they're laughing around. behind closed doors. That's what I think they're doing. Yeah, I got to tell you, I think they made they made the whole thing boring on purpose. You know, only only our government <laughs> could make a topic as exciting as UFOs completely unbearably unwatchable i i fell asleep i had to start over again <laughs> and take notes well it's c-span yeah. it's c-span but you know like uh it's what what they didn't count on is nerds like me i really enjoyed going through their statements word by word like i'm not even making this up but what was it, like an hour and a half it was an hour and 28 yeah. minutes that that made <laughs> dude i just had such a great time today just going through every single statement and with like a fine tooth comb and just like looking over everything i really enjoyed that and uh maybe they didn't anticipate there are weirdos out there like me who like to do that sort of thing because most people don't <laughs> mm-hmm. all right so one thing that occurred to me for this one was that who is their target audience because right away they have this tone where they're like, yeah, we need to remove the stigma. We got to allow people to report UFOs and all that stuff. Not people, military personnel. Right. They were very clear that they don't want people reporting events yeah. because it's not a controlled environment. Well, they kind of beat around the bush a little bit on that one. But sure. one thing that I found perplexing was that, I mean, why, why the 180? They've for years since the late 1940s, the government has routinely denied, ridiculed witnesses. They've fabricated things to make it look like, you know, like, for example, the first episode I did on the show, the swamp gas, like that's a completely made up answer that does not match the evidence at all. And that's pretty much par for the course. It's been like this for a very, very long time. Now, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's a complete 180. And now we want to change the culture. We want to, they created that culture. Why do they want to change it all of a sudden? What is going on here? 
Well, Moultrie said they're working closely with NASA. He says there are scientists and elements in government that are actively searching for extraterrestrial life. So they're not seeking to cover it up. They want to see what's out there, what they mean to us. And this is definitely a change. This is different from the narrative we heard before. Yeah, it's very different. And that's sort of the first thing that caught my attention is like, all right, they're pretending to be transparent and they're pretending to be open to public disclosure. But are they really? I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sort of skeptical. My, my thing is like, they've never, the government has never cared about informing the people. And I don't believe that they care about that now. Why would they care about all of a sudden out of nowhere? And, oh, we're just going to, you know, maybe, maybe it was a Christmas yeah. miracle. Christmas miracle. Now we care. I don't think it's as nefarious. I think it's just because we have readily information now so accessible through our fingertips that it's kind of hard to keep up with the bullshit. You know what I mean? It's kind of hard to be like sweeping under the rug before they notice. And it's like there's always going to be somebody (sighs) watching. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. No, no, I, I see it. It's right there. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's like, Nothing well, okay, if, you don't, if you're telling me I'm crazy, if you're going to tell me I'm crazy, let's ask the millions of other people that will see this video if they're crazy. And then you have the experts, then you have the conspiracy nuts. You have all the wide ranges of the, the color spectrum coming out and saying, no, he's not crazy. You're covering something up. You're crazy. You crazy. <laughs> yeah. One, one idea that occurred to me is that, so if you look at it, um, it reads, if you read the transcript or listen to the video, you know, on C-SPAN or whatever, it hits me like it's, it feels like soft disclosure. And the idea with yes. soft disclosure is that, oh, those dang cryptids. The idea with soft disclosure is that as a whole, our, our society is not able to uh, receive information that let's say extraterrestrial life is real. That would be very disruptive to society, or so I think the government believes. And I'm I'm not saying they're wrong. I think that there is something to that. That if, for example, if we had proof of extraterrestrial life tomorrow, I think a lot of people would have a, a problem with that. You know, I don't think maybe we're not ready for that as as a society. And I think that's maybe central to this sort of conversation they were pretending to have on this hearing. So what if like planets or bodies in our solar system, such as Venus, what if they found life there, but not, not even necessarily intelligent life, but like our ability to observe other planets is increasing very rapidly. And it should be fairly easy to notice life on another planet. Um, even if it's like just plants or bacteria or something like I, I kind of, I don't know if I want to do a whole episode about this. It'd be fun to talk about, um, life on other celestial bodies. That'd be a cool episode to do. Uh, maybe rethink that title a little bit. I don't know. But there's, for example, there's evidence that Venus, there's like bacteria in the clouds of Venus. They found evidence for that. Not proof, but evidence. So what if they found proof of life, you know, whether it's on Venus or one of the moons of Jupiter or even another planet around another sun? Because if there was like even just plants, on a planet, it basically like a plant based ecosystem or whatever, it's going to terraform the whole planet. And those fingerprints are going to be pretty easy to observe. I would imagine versus something that doesn't have that. And of course, an intelligent post-industrial civilization would be dead obvious. I mean, that's going to be, if you saw that on another planet, that's, there's no, no way you're going to mistake that for something else. 
Yeah. Well, and even even if it was like a like if the evidence that we found was like something like a, a tardigrade, for example, and I think we've talked we talked about tardigrades before on this cha- on this uh, show. But uh, for most people that don't know it, or if, if if any of the listeners don't know, a tardigrade is a microscopic creature that is basically uh, capable of surviving great, like the vacuum of space, really hot temperatures, really cold temperatures, extreme temperatures on both sides of the spectrum. And the reason why some people think that possibly tardigrades didn't, didn't uh, develop on this planet is because of those extreme temperatures that they're able to survive in the vacuum of space. They they dehydrated and then they rehydrated them and they still survived. And um, why would they have to, why would they have those capabilities if they had developed here on this planet? Because the, the temperatures in which they are able to survive don't exist here on this planet. I mean, so like, what if they found like a tardigrade or something like that, like uh, even on an asteroid or on a moon of a, a planet or something like that? You know, that, that right there, even though it's not like intelligent, like aliens or something like that, is that still, that would still be absolutely amazing, you know, because that would prove first and foremost that tardigrades don't come from this planet. They probably arrived here somehow, like maybe on a meteor or something like that, you know? And, um, yeah, that, that would be absolutely amazing. You know, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I would rather, I don't know, maybe it, it, it could be to our detriment, but it could benefit us. So who knows? But I would rather obviously, you know, find intelligent life, you know, cause how awesome would that be? I mean, but who knows what, what the effect on us would be, you know, that, that like we were talking about before. I, I don't know if society's ready. I know that for sure, like people, I would, I would assume people who are extremely religious might have some issues. Like they might, there's a lot of questions that are going to come up immediately once, you know, if some, something like that was officially confirned, you know what I mean? You I know, don't, I feel I don't like about even that. with religious, you know, sex that they, they would still be able to say that something gave him life, that there is an all powered being that gave that thing life. So I think it does, it wouldn't end for me, it wouldn't end that existence. Like I've been raised in a Catholic family, so I'm not going to like throw what I know and what I grew up with out the window right away, but I'm still going to be like, well, it's just something bigger. You know what I mean? It's just so incomprehensible that what, like my mind will melt if I try to understand it. And that's what I like, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'll be an ant on a hill. Like, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, think of it this way. If God created, yeah, that's the, a good point. If God created the universe, he created everything in the universe, he wouldn't have just put life on earth. He would have put life everywhere. So it doesn't, I, I think that a lot of religions, yeah. I don't think the transition would be that bad for religions. Actually. I think that, um, I think that having life elsewhere would fit very well into many religions and you could actually, um, you could look this up, but there are some religions who are readily accepting the idea. Like I remember reading that the Catholic church mm-hmm. is ready to proselytize to yeah, to um, to aliens, for example. And oh, that's right. I completely forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, even Pope made a statement, right? That like, if we, did, if we did contact uh, extraterrestrial life, then there is no reason why that it they, were, they wouldn't awesome. still be created by God or what have you. Yeah, yeah. wasn't it? Wasn't it? Didn't he say like it made it's like made me blush? He's like, oh, if they didn't know the existence of God, I would teach them the existence of God. It's like, ah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. And like, you can actually go down the entire rabbit hole, but there's a lot of prominent religious figures who have come out and said, you know, if there is alien life, that's, that's fine because it's just all part of God's plan or whatever. And it, it, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense that, you know, God wouldn't yeah. have just created this earth. He would have created the whole universe. Of course. I mean, yeah. so I'm not sure it would be, I see, I don't think it would be specifically religion. I, I just think, it would change everybody's well, that was just an example. Yeah. You know? it, it would just change everybody's worldview. 
And I think it could be disruptive to society. At least, I mean, that's what the government fears. And yeah, the, the thing, the problem with that is, is like, you don't know until that happens. You can't really do experiments on that. You know, there's no way to run the experiment. Yeah. So you have yeah. to err on the side of caution, whether or not society is ready to receive information of extraterrestrial life somewhere. And let's face it. The universe is so big. It's out there somewhere. I guarantee you it's out there somewhere. Yeah, it's gotta be. It's, I, I agree with that yeah. 100%. And you, that's, that's what, it, yeah, sorry. Apologize. The universe is just too damn big, but at having, having that in your face and knowing it as a fact versus having it as some sort of abstract idea are two different things, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, and you know what? I think it would actually greatly depend on the type of interaction, the first contact, what have you. You know, if it was peaceful or not, obviously, you know, the human race would react to it accordingly. But I think uh, as far as at any time in history that, that I know of, at least, I think we're probably more ready for it than we ever have been. And, and particularly because, like, you know, stuff like the Internet and how we have uh, ideas and information more available and a, a more broad range of ideas and information available yeah, to us, you know? Yeah, and to actually piggyback on it just a little bit is that there would be also the fact that we would be the building. I feel like we're more the building blocks and the foundations to lay that out so that we would have a easier transition if there was something that was visiting us because it's it's gone to... You're crazy. That's no, that's, you know, that never in a million years a, a civilization is going to come find us. We are the number one. We're everything, you know, we'll find them to now they might be investigating us and seeing if they can come land here and not get shot right away. But I, I think in the early stages, society would go through a bit of a, a weird transition. There would be people that were trying to make their own cults or whatever it might be, yes. try to make a, try to understand what's going on. Uh -huh. And then there would be, I mean, for crying out loud, we, we just, we're going through the, the remnants of a pandemic and still in a pandemic for a whole intense purposes. And look what happened to the damn toilet paper. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we couldn't keep a level head and say, all right, everybody, we're going to just have to work together. We'll get through this. No, let's just go buy all the shit paper right away. Come on, let's go. Like, <laughs> is that going to drive everybody to the gun show or, you know, the gun stores if they find out aliens are going to be visiting us? I, I don't know. The point I was trying to get at is basically like any form of life, not, not necessarily even like intelligent life, but even just like a single cellular life form discovered off planet would be potentially disruptive to society. So maybe one of the goals of this new program is soft disclosure to kind of acclimate the population to the idea because technology is advancing at such a rapid rate that like, have you seen pictures from the new James Webb telescope? I mean, I mean, every, every day it seems like they're discovering new ways of observing stuff outside of our solar system or even within our solar system. So I feel like it's only a matter of time till they find microbial life forms somewhere else, in, you know, at the very least, if not intelligent civilizations. So I think that that's, even if we, let's say, hypothetically, let's take the government at face value, and let's say that they're being genuine when they say that we don't have proof of extraterrestrials, at the same, at the same time, they're probably very worried that we are going to find proof of life elsewhere, even if it's only single cellular, that might be, they might just be worried about that. And that might be what's behind this recent push for what definitely seems like soft disclosure that hundred percent. That's what it looks like to me, but there's also other ways of looking at it. If you're going to be doing like intelligence, anything related to intelligence, you have to consider that your audience, part of your audience will be 
foreign adversaries. So that they cannot get past that fact. So what if instead of soft disclosure, what if this hearing is just some sort of psyop to mess with our adversaries? Basically, I think that's a possibility. Um, there's no way to prove it or anything, but uh, they're watching, you know, you, you think China and Russia are not watching these hearings. I guarantee you they are. So you have to take, have to take that into consideration and that is part of the narrative like it or not uh so who are they speaking to like i said earlier they're not speaking to us you know at least not directly they're not telling us this stuff because out of the goodness of their hearts they feel like we deserve to know so what's actually going on here and that's sort of you know is we're doing this one kind of backwards we're we're talking about conclusions before we talk about the hearing <laughs> but um uh, let's maybe start talking a little bit more specifics about the hearing. Maybe one of my favorite, uh, con- you know, uh, quotes from from the hearing is the statement that I think is from uh, Carson. I think was it from I think Car- maybe Car- Carson. I think um, he said all conclusions are on the table. And I was like, when I heard that, I was like, huh? All right. So and like at no point at no point in during the hearing did they necessarily say ever that like. Like uh, they didn't make a statement such as like, there's no such thing as aliens or, I mean, they did kind of like lean against that notion when, when brought up, you know, but they never said no, as far as that is what I'm getting at, which I I found kind of encouraging, you know, they did it in such a way to where they're kind of like patting us on the head. So it's okay. You don't have to be scared. These aren't really aliens, you know, <laughs> I got it, that. It was weird. It was, yeah. it was back and forth. Like Bray at one point said, well, we can't make assumptions, but mm-hmm. it's not aliens. <laughs> make up your mind. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, right? They were very adamant that all con- possible conclusions were on the table. Now, the two intelligence guys—they never, as far as I remember, the two intelligence guys never really specifically talked about extraterrestrial life or aliens or whatever. They were dancing around that topic the whole time. Oh yeah. Some some of the representatives mentioned it specifically but even then they were yeah. they gave these wishy-washy answers you know what i mean but yeah one of the, and interest- the way also also the way some of the questions were asked i felt like they're almost giving him like an out you know what i mean yeah like in, in certain certain periods you know like, well yeah, yeah yeah the whole the whole thing to me seemed like a pre-rehearsed scripted like like almost like a, a play or something like it didn't seem like like there's no spontaneity or whatever. It seemed like it was all prepared ahead of time. Maybe that's why it was so boring. Well, I mean, at C-SPAN, well, what do you expect? Yeah. Come on. I was going to say, at C-SPAN, <laughs> yeah. unless they, and until they change their debates to trial of combat debates or, you know, I'm seeing more suplexes <laughs> done, like, yeah. ain't going to be entertaining. I'm falling asleep in the first 20 minutes. I, I actually said I had to chunk it out because, like, but besides work and everything, I can't, like, my brain... I'm just like, oh my God, like, I just, <laughs> yeah, get to the good stuff, get to the good stuff. Well, yeah, they, they took a long time to say everything, you know? There's some really good stuff in there, though, if you're willing to dig in, there's some really good stuff. But one thing that was interesting, like, right away, that you're kind of like, huh, and then they, they actually, one of the senators, or not, uh, representatives, I think, it was, sorry, but one of the representatives specifically asked, said, what programs have been in place either before or after blue book. And I'm assuming in blue book, he's including project sign and uh, project saucer project grudge is grouped into that. Cause it was basically the same thing. And the, the response was like, there was no other 
investigations besides those, besides, you know, they denied having any knowledge of investigations. We'll talk about that a little bit more, but I just want to point out, like, what do you think is going to happen if you have a military base and they have some unknown object encroaching on the airspace? Do you think they're just going to be like, eh, fuck it. It'll be fine. You know, it's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, there was, no. yeah, wait, yeah, <laughs> there was, no. I, I might have missed it slightly what, what you're, who you're talking about, but like, yeah, somebody mentioned there, like, has the, has we ever engaged with a UAP or like, have we ever shot at something that was unidentified? And there was this whole like, no, no, we have not. And I'm like, wait a minute. What about battle of Los Angeles? When we just like cranked out like thousands of rounds <laughs> yeah. into the air, you know, like, yep. oh, oh no, forget about that. Forget about that. Yeah. Or it's, it's like just That's a good just, damn point right there. Like the whole point of the military is to prevent foreign incursions onto our land, essentially, you know, I mean, that's not the whole point, but it's basically, mm-hmm. let's just take it at that. Do you think they're going to see something and just be like, ah, whatever, don't worry about it? Absolutely not. And there's, like I said earlier, we have proof, documented proof that they had other ways of reporting this stuff and tracking this stuff. So it's just absurd for them to say that, ah, oh, it's fine. You know, we'll just not worry about it. We don't worry about UFOs, but that, that's, I don't know, dude, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But anyways, let's get into some of the uh, the specifics too. So one of the things that so another well one another one of the things was that this is sort of being sold as something new, you know. And I thought that was kind of interesting. And I think the reason they did that was because they're trying to bring attention to the topic and sort of put a spin on it, even though we know that it's not new. That it's not new that they've been tracking these objects or investigating them. That's been going on the whole time, but they're pretending like, oh, this is, this is a new office right here. And it, if you look at um, the, the gentleman, I think ETA was talking <laughs> about the sort of running the whole thing and uh, Andrew, uh, Andrew are, so Carson are you talking about, are you, are you talking about uh, airborne object identification and management synchronization group? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when I heard that, I was like, what the f- Freaking hell, dude! Yeah, Why yeah. would you make it that complicated? What? Well, like, oh, it's as easier right, to like make sure that nobody knows how to remember that off the top of the head if they have a story, right? Just right. make it super yeah. complicated how to get there. Don't say then that you could say we tried, we tried working with them. They just didn't show up, and so it's like can have an acronym. you put it on Mount Olympus. That way, they can say Ainsog. <laughs> yeah, Ainsog. That rules right off Ainsog. the tongue as well. That's probably a, like. <laughs> That's probably an insult in the foreign language somewhere. <laughs> That's an insult. Yeah, the um <laughs> the the ringleader, uh, what would you call him, the chairman or the guy in charge of the the discussion was um Andre Carson, uh Democrat from Indiana, and his opening statement had what seemed to me like certain bullet points. Like he talks about Project Blue Book. He mentions Jeremy Corbell of all people because he had yeah, that. I was surprised by that. I was like, really Jeremy Corbell. So the, the fact that he mentioned Corbell is okay. Let's, let's not go onto the, the tangent of whether or not we think Bob Lazar is a real thing. Let's forget about that. But the fact that Bob Lazar isn't a real thing and that he's referencing Jeremy Corbell um, to me suggests that he doesn't actually really know what he's talking about. <laughs> it's like, it's almost like somebody, prepared bullet points for him and gave him speaking, you know, like the, like the script or the speaking points to talk about. And like, I, I, maybe he knows a little bit about it, but I don't think he has a depth of knowledge of the field of UFOs, because if you did, you, 
I don't know. I mean, some people believe in the Lazar thing, but if you look at the actual evidence, there's not a whole lot there. So if you're starting off the conversation with that, it's, I don't, it's, I don't know what it means, but it's kind of interesting. And, um, we, like I said, we won't go into the whole Lazar thing, but we did a previous episode on that and we have a very strong and probably unpopular opinion, <laughs> opinion on, on that. It's almost like, well, Hmm, I don't know if I want to give my real opinion on that one because we're going to lose listeners. It was like, ah, fuck it. You know what, dude, who cares? You know, anyways, we, we, uh, we're not big fans of Bob Lazar to keep it short, but yeah, aim saw heck of an acronym there. All right. So, uh, aim saw is apparently a continuation of OSAP or a tip or whatever. Um, I think they said in there somewhere that it's like the third or fourth iteration of, of the organization or something. And, the a quote from from the Carson fella is he said that last year Congress rewrote the charter for that organization, suggesting that they were rolling the old one into the new one, sort of like what they did with Project Grudge, Project Sign, which they it was a continuation and then eventually became Project Blue Book for a long time. So I was like, okay, it's it's the same thing more or less, but we just kind of have to take their word for it. I don't know. That's such a terrible name, Project Grudge. At the yeah, his passive aggressiveness on it. Oh yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's definitely a history there. <laughs> it was, we'll, we'll maybe hopefully do an episode on that in the future. But yes, aging either. Nothing. Oh, she's she's glancing over at the time clock. That nothing. That nothing had weight to it. I heard it. Too many tangents. We haven't even gotten any of the specific That's quotes why yet. I was looking at the clock. Yeah, I'm sorry. yeah. I'm not, maybe I'll edit some of this out. That's but what I'm saying. It's just it. It, it could be a two-parter. This is a big day. It's, it's just a big thing. It's such an exciting topic and event that they're actually talking about this in the government, and they're not trying to make everybody look like screwballs, you know. And they specifically said that. Specifically said that. We're going to get to the bottom of it. They found Zuckerberg's home world, okay? That's what we're beating around the bush, all right? It's the Zuckers. I don't know. They do, they do mention that there's amateurs who are interested in this sort of thing. And they say they're putting out false information and they're worried about the consequences for people getting involved, misinformation, disinformation. I mean, there is some negative connotations about people who are interested in this sort of thing. Like, I think that's just easy to discredit. Like, that's not, I don't know. Sorry, I didn't mean that. I think it's important to split hairs sometimes, not all the time. But this time, I think it's okay to split some hairs. So let's look at, uh, I want to look at part of the opening statement by Carson. And here's what he said. He said, Today will bring that organization out of the shadows. This hearing and oversight work has a simple idea at its core. Unidentified aerial phenomena are a potential national security threat, and they need to be treated that way. For too long, the stigma associated with UAPs has gotten in the way of intelligence. And we sort of discussed that a little bit, but the phrasing there, bring it out of the shadows, right? So if... If they wanted to change the military culture, why involve the public at large at all? You would just handle that internally to the military because that's a closed system. You know what I mean? So why would you involve the public? I don't know. It's kind of interesting. But so he says, UAPs are unexplained. It's true, but they are real. They need to be investigated. You have to convince the audience today 
and most especially our military and civilian aviators, the culture has changed that those who report UAPs be treated as witnesses and not as kooks. So this is what we were talking about. He's saying specifically we need to start taking this seriously, even though we know they already have been taking it seriously. And this is where I'm sort of scratching my head like, dude, we know you guys have been taking this seriously. You're just pretending like you weren't, but now you're pretending like you are. Why the about mm. face? It's just, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? It's just like really weird. Well, there's a lot of talk about transparency in the hearing as well. And yeah, yeah. which struck me as being strange because the hearing didn't seem transparent to me at all. Yeah. Oh, the interesting stuff. Yeah, let's sneak in, guys. Come on, let's do it. Let's just fly a drone in there. Let's do it. They did say that they had more than uh, 400 incidents, 400 in, in, incidents that they are investigating, I guess. So I don't know what that exactly means. Yeah, but that's, yeah, but that is a big number. So, well, yeah, because you're going to have that level, level of skepticism, though. It's like what this could be the new hand that they're saying, hey, look over here, look over here. Well, they reach behind you and do something else, you know? So, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, ah, look at the duck. Look at the duck. <laughs> Yeah, like it's, it's, you know, we're never going to take what they say at face value, but I mean, this is definitely amongst the, the, a lot of the things that have been, you know, said or put out that it just definitely stands in a different type of light nowadays. I hope that doesn't sound too confusing when I say that, but it just, it's crazy. It is this coexistence that needs to be, be implemented. I feel that the community, the eyes and ears of the people is very important. Because if it was a national security, you sure as shit want to listen to, like, some dude that lives in his cabin in the woods that sees shit. You know what I mean? I, I mean, take his, like, you don't have to pour resources into it, but at least just take his word for it. Don't shame him. Don't make him feel like he's a nutter. To me, like I, I mentioned earlier, if this whole this whole hearing felt like theater to me. Like, you know how, let's say, I don't know if you've ever been to medieval times, and it's a Southern California thing, but it's it's a lot of fun, you know? And, like... But after the, you know, like they're pretending to fight, but after they're, after the show's done, they're, you know, they're back to being friends. It's just, it's just theater, right? So that's, so a lot of this seemed like theater to me. For example, Carson said in his opening statement, he said, I'm looking for you to assure us today that all conclusions are on the table. And it's like, he's challenging the, the intelligence people there, the, the two people that he's, that they're interviewing. Um, but it's almost like he's trying to give them like a hard sell, like you guys better, whatever, you know, but it's, he just didn't seem like he was into it. Like you kind of have to watch the video to kind of understand, but I mean, it seemed like theater. Like he wasn't, he didn't really mean it. Like it was almost like he was trying to manufacture some sort of confrontation, but it, it just seems like, almost like, Hey, this is, this is what we know, right? You guys, you know, this is what we're going to, we're going to completely be honest with you guys. And then they turn around and talk to their buddies. They don't know shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like just, they don't know a thing. You know, I think ETA mentioned this, but like he's, he's straight up says in the introductory statement that all conclusions are on the table and they dance around this a lot. What do they mean by that? All conclusions. Clearly they're not talking about drones. They're talking about ET. That's they're clearly talking about ET, but they dance around it. They don't come out and say it. Instead, they use things like all conclusions are on the table. It's just kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I don't know. I, I also find the uh the videos that they presented also kind of 
a, a little tilted in one direction. For example, like the 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 navy the navy pilot that flew by that object, it looked like it was a kind of metallic and round, but it moved so fast. And like I, I've seen better videos than that. Like yeah, for exactly you know, for example, like the TikTok video, you know, right? It's like this like, is like, the best they, you uh, can do mentioned. that's declassified. This yeah, is right. Right. Just about this to is say it. That. Yeah, I was like, out of all the videos, that that one really okay. Here, look at you ready. Did you yeah. see it? Yeah, oh, they cool, kept having it? to show like, the video like, over and over again to catch it. Yeah. Well, and like like I said yeah, earlier, I mean, the video evidence they sh- they showed, I got the impression that they were choosing there dude, there's better videos out there, better UFO videos that are uh, yeah. p- potentially legit like that we'll we'll probably do a, an episode on them eventually, but there's really good video evidence, but they were showing this video evidence that's not so good. And I feel like they were doing that on purpose to try to kind of like pat us on the head and be like, it's okay, guys. If you're watching this because you're worried, you don't have to be worried because this is probably just nothing, you know? But And to go back to the triangle video too. I thought that was interesting. But again, it's, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's a way to generate the hype for it by slowly releasing it. But I, I think there is da- like really like footage that would set somebody in a panic going, Oh my God, like what? Like you guys aren't acting on that, you know, cause they've already mm. openly said there's tons of other video and tons of other, you know, quote, like, you know, evidence that they well, just haven't I mean, released. So there's, it's just, you know, there's also like, you know, there's an instance that we, we have covered, covered before in this, uh, this show, like for example, the Phoenix lights. Yeah. There's some, some decent footage and pictures that, that were, you know, that resulted that incident, you know? And, and, um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I agree 100% with, with what you guys said. There's way better evidence out there. I, I would have to assume that they have. Um, I, I took some quotes from some of the people who talked here. And, for example, Adam Schiff, as a California Democrat, said that holding a portion of our discussion in open session is critical to the cause of transparency and openness, which, ha- which was Congress's intent on authoring and funding this new task force. It's the responsibility of the government in the panel to share as much as we can to the American people since secrecy only breeds distrust and speculation. Like, pfft, what? <laughs> hey, hey, let me ask you I something. Don't, I don't let believe you, you buddy. <laughs> Do you, did you kind of find it odd how like a uh, Schiff had like kind of crazy eyes during, during some of his questions? You <laughs> it's know, a like, lizard person. He's like, de- his he's eyes were kind of. Definitely a lizard people. Definitely. Was it shift uh, or shaft? I can't. I, or it's called shift. Shift. I can't. Uh, yeah. I, yeah shift. Joke's on you. I can't read. From him, a couple <laughs> more uh, just random stuff from him is, so he talks about stuff. He says, I look forward to hear how the UAP task force is and how they're able to shed light on one of the world's most enduring mysteries. So again, this is where like they're kind of dancing around the topic. They're enduring mysteries. They're not talking about swamp gas and meteors and Venus. That means something specific, but it, they don't just come out and say it. You know what I mean? Ronald Moultrie, uh, Moultrie, yeah, Ronald Moultrie. He's the undersecretary yeah, of the Department of Defense. That I mean, he's pretty high up there. He's not like the head honcho, but this guy yeah. is. Well, both both those dudes are Ronald Moultrie and uh, Scott Bray. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, Scott, well, Scott Bray was the uh, the deputy director of Navy intelligence. Right? right. Yeah. Those those guys are very very high up on the totem pole. I mean, they're they're swinging something around. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. So here's here's a quote from Ronald Moultrie. He says, "It's the department's <laughs> contention by combining appropriately structured data with rigorous scientific analysis 
Any object we encounter can be likely isolated, characterized, identified, and if necessary, mitigated. This will maximize and build upon existing relations with the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, FAA, DHS, and the FBI, and we are committed to the Department of Energy, NOAA, DEA, and NASA, and the national labs, and importantly, our international partners and allies. With regard to the importance of transparency, the department fully is fully committed to the principle of openness and accountability to the American people. And then, so this is pretty much just, they, they repeat this theme over and over again. And don't believe them. Also the theme of, yeah, we got to all work together, guys. We're going to work with the FAA. We're going to work with this. We're going to work with that. But here's the end part of this statement. This is important. However, we are also mindful of our obligation to protect, protect, We're also mindful of our obligation to protect sensitive sources and methods. Our goal is to strike that balance, one that enables us to maintain the public's trust while preserving those capabilities to support our service personnel. Now, think about that for a second. He tail ends that on there. He says, yeah, guys, we're going to do all this cool stuff. And then as long as it doesn't violate, you know, our methods and procedures and stuff, sources and methods or whatever, and they, they always have that asterisk on there. Like, we're going to be as transparent as we can, but... Only when we want to. Our hands are tied. We can't yeah. be that transparent, you know? Uh, we got to be mindful of our obligation to protect sensitive sources. And this is, like, a theme that went throughout the whole thing. Is Yeah, well, I mean, and that, that perspective is understandable at, at a level, but it also was, like you said, something they, ke- they kept on repeating throughout the whole process there, and, and they kind of, they really went to home with it you know like they they mentioned it quite a bit and like i said like i said i understand that perspective but i it doesn't seem to me like they you know they it seems to me like they they gave themselves an out you know what i mean like yeah they, exactly like yeah we may tell you something but we're not gonna really tell you something you know like you right. know it's like basically is what I, I what i heard you know it's like i don't it's like if you go to a pizza place and they're pointing out ah this pizza has cheese on it You're like yeah i know pizza has cheese on it I know the pizza has cheese on it. You don't <laughs> got to point that out to me. It's like, obviously, they're not going to give away intelligent secrets. They don't have to keep pointing it out. We know that. But they keep pointing it out just to kind of give themselves exactly what you said. Give themselves an out. I think that's exactly what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Let's move along here to uh, Scott Bray, Deputy Director of Office of Naval Intelligence. Here's a quote from him. He says, since the early 2000s, we've seen increasing numbers of unauthorized or unidentified aircraft of objects in the military training areas. Reports of sightings are frequent and continuing. We attribute this increase in reporting to a number of factors, including our work to destigmatize reporting and the increase in the number of new systems, such as quadcopters and unmanned aerial systems in our airspace. Identification of what we call, what we can call as clutter mylar balloons and air trash and improvements in the capabilities of various sensors to detect things in our airspace. All right, hold on a second. We got, we had a cryptid uprising here. Yeah. Those demon dogs are up to no good again. Yeah. With this statement, um, one of the things like, just look at how it's worded. Like he says, including our work to destigmatize reporting and the increase in the, so they're taking credit for the increase in reports and saying it's because we've destigmatized it, but they already said we need to work to destigmatize this. So it's like, which is it? Have you already done that? And that's why you're getting more reports or I don't know, maybe I'm splitting hairs here, but 
um, whenever I see inconsistencies like these, it, it kind of makes me just take a step back and go, all right, so whatever they're saying, you can't necessarily take it at face value because there it's, it doesn't hold an internal logic to itself. It's, you know, they're contradicting themselves. So that means that there's probably something else going on here. They have a different agenda than what they're saying. Maybe he also threw in, you know, the statement, you know, it's probably drones and quadcopters and air trash. So I felt like, yeah, yeah, my other balloons, he mentioned specifically. So I feel like he's saying there's more sightings, but they're not really unidentified aerial phenomena. They're just, you know, these kinds of things. Right. And they keep going back and forth on that. They keep, they keep emphasizing that all options are on the table and this thing is mysterious, but at the same time, it's all just air trash and whatever. And I think that, the re- I've seen this sort of thing before, and I think what happens is they're giving us the option to choose for ourselves so that if we want this to not be aliens, we can make that decision. And if we want it to be aliens, we can also read into their statements and choose that as well. I think the way that functions is that if you're a person who would be disrupted by the fact that aliens are real, then this half-assed or wishy-washy wording you're going to interpret that in a way that suits your own needs. And if you're somebody who's in, you know, more inquisitive or somebody who's okay with the fact that there's aliens out there, you're going to interpret it in a whole different way, but they're leaving those interpretations on the table. I think that's a big part of what's going on here and how they're wording these things. Mm-hmm. Please tell me we're going to talk about Carson next. Oh, dude. I mean, we got, I mean, I, I got all kinds of stuff. Well, we here. Can. I mean, yeah. Let's yeah. Yeah, but I was thinking specifically about what he said to uh, Maltry. Do Do you want to talk about that? Go no, for it. I was just gonna say when. So they're talking. There's they're having this back and forth, and Carson's basically saying, "How can you assure the public that you're serious and that you're not just offering this low hanging fruit with easy explanations? Right? How are you going to explain the events that that can be and avoid the ones that can't? Can you show the public?" You, right. that they can have faith in you. And so they're having this back and forth. And then out of nowhere, he's like, so aren't you into sci-fi? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, he's like, I've, I've gone to a convention or two, or, but I didn't necessarily me, dress up. Right. Or something okay, like that. Let me find, let me find that specific quote, because I think that's a very, very important part of this discussion that they had here. Let me see. All right, here we go. So cars. So here's, here, Carson says, can we get any assurance that your analysis will follow the facts where they lead and assess all hypotheses? And Moultrie says, we're open to all hypotheses, open to any conclusions that they may encounter. And then um, uh, he says, I think it's fair to say that you're a science fiction fan. Is that correct? Like out of nowhere, Carson says that. And then Moultrie says, it's fair to say that I'm an inquisitive mind that has spent 40 years in the intelligence field and has focused on both science and science fiction. The fuck does that mean? (laughs) Like what? Like that's, that's, I don't understand what's happening here, but it gets weirder. And then, so then Carson says, could you tell us about it? Like what (laughs) about science fiction? Tell us about science fiction. We know science fiction. Anyways, Moultrie says, this is, I think this is a very important quote. So I'm gonna read the whole thing, even though it's kind of long, but he says, My generation grew up looking at space sagas and the Apollo program, so all of us who grew up in the 60s were just thrilled by watching our first astronaut land on the moon. That was a momentous occasion, and people who were 
of different generations didn't believe that happened. I still have relatives and friends that don't believe it happened. Science fiction to them. That's the progress that we've made. And I was enthralled by that. And I've taken it to heart and enjoyed the challenge of what may be out there. And I've mentioned to you that, yes, I have followed science fiction and I've gone to conventions and I'll say it on the record, got to break the ice somehow, but you know, I have done that, but there's nothing wrong with that. Don't necessarily dress up, but I do, you know, do believe that it's important to show that the Department of Defense has, you know, we have character and we're people just like you, just like the American people. <laughs> we have our, our inquisitiveness and we have questions. We want to know what's out there as much as you want to know what's out there. We get questions, not just from you, but from family members. We get them night and day, not just committee hearings. Finding what's out there is important. But first and foremost, it's important for us to do that to ensure that we have people, personnel, aviators, and bases and installations that are safe and the curiosity factor is something else that we want to know because that's the human race. You know, that insatiable desire to know. Now, look, I this if we're going to do anything on the like that could be the whole episode right there. Just that one quote. That is the most important thing that he said that right there spells out exactly what they're trying to do in this hearing right there. They bring up science fiction. Yeah, go ahead. ETA. When I when I watched that, like I just thought like, all right, this is a very scripted. And like, you know, this is like well thought out beforehand. You know what I mean? This isn't like something that he said on, you know, in the moment, you know what I mean? And it seems to be designed for a specific intent, like to make, to make him more relatable. Yeah. I don't think they did a good job. You know, I, yeah, I think they were poor actors. I, I don't think it was to make him more relatable. This, this statement was constructed. They start off with science fiction. And then At he the talks, very least, it was constructed. He talks about the space program and landing on the moon and how some people don't believe that and how that's science fiction to some people. Well, guess what? What else is science fiction to a lot of people? Aliens, right? What? Aliens. Aliens? Aliens is science fiction to a lot of people. That's, the, that's what I mean. This is what they're dancing around the whole time. They're talking about it, but they're using this coded language. That's what he's talking yeah. about here. What does he mean by science fiction? What does he mean by stuff that people still, he still has relatives and friends that don't believe it to this day that it happened, even though it did. Yeah. Right. We have an episode about the moon landings in case anybody wants to, you know, yes, check that out. Do. <laughs> good plug. Good plug. Good plug. It's almost like almost a backhand, like, you know, not a comp compliment, but it's just like, wait, are you saying if I didn't like sci-fi, I'd be on the side of this isn't, you know, this is all bullshit, you know, like, I mean, hell drones were sci-fi, you know what I mean? Robots and, and AI that we are pioneering now, you know, that was sci-fi that was in a book, you know, yeah. it's just, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, well, his this two statement way, two is two-way compliment or fuck whatever. I'm trying this to say. statement is basically what he's saying here is like, yeah, I'm into sci-fi, but guess what? Some of the sci-fi is actually real, and it's it's he's planting this idea without actually saying it that some of the things that you think are make believe actually they're real. You know what I mean? And this is this is 
the statement right here that when I heard this, I was like, boom, this is 100%. I'm convinced this whole thing is about soft disclosure. That is what they're doing here. Yeah. That, that is what this statement is constructed to convey. This is what they're doing. And this proves it right here with this paragraph. If you look at how it's constructed, what they're saying and how they're saying it. And this is what I mean. Like it's not always a good idea to split hairs, but in this case, it's good to split hairs and look at what they're saying because they're saying some very interesting things. And that's what I meant earlier when I said, I think some of the people who were upset at what they were saying and that they didn't reveal extraterrestrial life, they're missing the for they're missing the trees for the forest, right? They're not paying attention to what's actually being said. If you look at what's being said and why it's being said, like it's, I, I think this hearings were, this hearing was way more interesting than a lot of people thought, but you just have to pay a little bit more attention than you might normally. It's not, they're not explicitly coming out and saying that, yeah, we have, you know, we got some crashed ET saucers and a hangar in Roswell, but they're not, not saying that either. You know what I mean? That's yeah. <laughs> and it's not that they're not encouraging people that have seen that to shut up, you know? So it's, it's it's really mixed bag, right? So I think it's the again, it's the beginning of an attempted coexistence with the people that they deem nutty and the sane people of their board or whatever the hell it might be. All right, so I will skip. Let's see, Rick Crawford. Let's skip that. Um, uh, Moultrie said uh, during that conversation that they've been looking at the space domain and space objects. Space weather, space phenomena. I've been looking at uh, things in the air domain and like kind of this, you know, wishy-washy response that could mean anything. Um, and then Adam Schiff talks about multi-sensor data. And of course, they're using multiple types of sensors to record this stuff and uh, talks about, you know, a couple some numbers, but it's not really important for what we're talking about here. Um, and then there's some discussion about, you know, foreign adversaries versus aliens you know it's they they never really say come out and really say that we're looking for aliens most of the discussion is around foreign adversaries and national security and national security which is definitely understandable definitely understandable we all know it's space force's job to get these critters and bring them into the light yeah if they're only worried about foreign adversaries why all of this subtext around alien life or extraterrestrial visitation they don't need any of that subtext whatsoever if the only thing they're worried about is foreign adversaries, which is, you know, kind of interesting. That's what I mean. You know, you got to split these hairs here. Yeah, yeah. There is one quote I have that's not beating around the bush. So Adam Schiff asked, are we aware of any adversary that can move an object without discernible means of propulsion? Because that's one of the the topics is that a lot of these objects don't have means of propulsion, at least not that you can see. And then Scott Bray responded to saying, we're not aware of any adversary that can move an object without any discernible means of propulsion. All right. Now again, we got to split hairs maybe, but let's go over that again, because I think this is really interesting. He says, are we aware of any adversary that can move an object without discernible means of propulsion? And Scott Bray says, we're not aware of any adversary that can move an object without any discernible means of propulsion. Again, the subtext, they don't come out and say it, but damn it, they're hinting at it. <laughs> <laughs> they are they are at this point pretty much beating us over the head with it. This is no longer a subtext. They're just not using the same words that we want them to use. They're not saying this is an alien craft, but that's, I mean, come on. I'm, 
what else are they saying here? You know, this is, this is pretty much as obvious as you can get without actually saying it, you know? And like I said earlier, though, what is their target audience? Can you take this at face value? Are they really saying that there's aliens or is this just a psyop to throw off our adversaries? You know what I mean? That's what, that's kind of what I was getting at earlier is like, I don't know if I can really take any of this at face value as much as I want to. I really want to, but I don't know if we can. I feel pretty much the same. Yeah. I, I, I really want to believe some of the stuff and I really, you know, yeah, but, but like, yeah, exactly. I'm going to remain hopefully optimistic. But let's get to some more of the specific quotes here. Uh, Brad Winstrup, a Republican from Ohio, he asked if some of these things could belong to our allies or adversaries. And the response was basically like, save that for the closed session, yo. Like, all right. (laughs) There's, There's a lot of those. But I think it's interesting to look at some of the specific questions that were asked because... Um, the, the excuse they give is that they don't want to give away any of our, um, our methods or operations or abilities, but that question was broad enough to where you could answer that question without giving anything away. But instead they say closed session, dude, like, all right, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Uh, another interesting quote from Scott Bray, the Navy intelligence guy was that China has its own version of the UAP task force. So clearly a number of countries have observed things that they can't identify. And again, here we have this subtext. They're suggesting that if China also can't identify them, we can't identify them. Nobody knows what they are. Then they're suggesting that they're not terrestrial with that quote, you know? Yeah. That leads to the question, who the hell does, who the hell is in control of these things? Yeah, because whatever they are, there they there are definitely things out there that we can't describe as far as they, they you know what we have observed, you know, like yeah, who the hell does own these things? So if it's not one of us or one of them, who the hell is it? Right? So what are they? What are they angling towards there? Right? <laughs> I mean, to me that that sounds to me like they're kind of angling a little bit softly towards maybe aliens. Yeah, maybe yeah. could be could be uh, is, but possibly at the same time, oh, Bray bit. said, when it comes to material that we have, we have no material that would suggest it's anything non-terrestrial in origin. We make no assumptions about what it is or isn't. We're committed to understanding these, and we'll go where the data takes us. So he's, they're contradicting themselves. They they do this over and over and over again during the hearings. Is they'll say they'll say on one hand they'll say. Oh yeah, we don't know what it is. China doesn't know what it is. Nobody knows what it is. Probably not from here. And then on the other hand, ah, it's definitely from here. You know, <laughs> they, they go back and forth. It's crazy. <laughs> Mike Gallagher, a Republican from Wisconsin. So he was asking about the Maelstrom Air Force Base incident. And this was <laughs> this is kind of one of the one of the fun fun interrogations here. It's like he's grilling him, but is he really? He's not really. He's not really. But still, he was actually one of the better actors of the evening. He was pretending to grill. He was definitely pretending to grill. Don't you think he did a good job? He did, yeah. So he asked about the Maelstrom Air Force Base incident, and Moultrie kind of passes it along to Mr. Bray Bray. there, who says, that data is not in the holdings of the UAP task force. And then uh, Gallagher says, but you're aware that the data exists. And Bray says, I've heard stories. I have not seen the data. We have not looked at that incident. 
And he's like sort of pretending like they don't know what that is. And it's like, <laughs> it's like a pretty big deal. And it's like, dude, if something like that happened, so the males from Air Force that they're talking about an incident where supposedly um, UFOs disabled nuclear weapons. Now, if that report is to be taken as true, if that actually had happened, if some something had if something had been able to invade our airspace and disable our nuclear weapons, dude, our entire government would be collectively shitting their pants. Like from the, from like the lowest private all the way up to the president, they would all be just completely shitting their pants. If that had happened, that would be such an unbelievable event that it's, there's no way that they would be like, I don't know. Did that happen? We don't know. Dude, everybody would have known about that. It's ridiculous to think that they'd be like, ah, we don't know about that one. It's just, I don't believe him for an instant on that. I don't know. He pretended to be kind of flummoxed, you know? And then... Um, but Gallag- you, could, you could tell he was pretending, though. I know, but then Gallagher's like, isn't that what you're here for? I'm asking you to investigate it. Yeah, yeah. So let me see. Oh, no, here we go. Okay, so he says, um, it's a pretty high-profile f- high incident. I don't claim to be an expert, but... Uh, but that's out there in the ether. You're the you're the guys investigating it. Who else is doing it? And then Moultrie says, if something was officially brought to our attention, we would look at it. There are many things out there that are not officially brought to our attention. And then Gallagher says, how would it be officially brought to your attention? I'm bringing it to your attention. This is pretty official. And then Moultrie says, there is uh, an authoritative figure. Now this is, I found this really interesting, like some some shadowy authoritative figure. He doesn't say the president or some sort of general or a secretary of defense or whatever. Like he doesn't say somebody specific. He says, there's an authoritative figure that says there's an incident that occurred that I would like you to look at, but that's in terms of tracking what may be in the media or, but in terms of what may be tracking what's in the media, something that occurred at this time at that place, there's probably a lot of leads we would have to follow on. I don't think that we have the resources to do that right now. So he's saying we can't follow everything that's in the media. We need some shadowy authoritative figure to direct us to look at something. And then I love this response. Gallagher says, I don't claim to be an authoritative figure, but I would like you to look into it. (laughs) And I love that because, you know, Gallagher, he's not the president, but I mean, that's pretty high up in the government, you know, an electric, uh, an elected representative that's, you don't get too much higher than that. You know what I mean? So it's almost like sort of this tongue in cheek, like, Hey, you know, I'm not, I'm not your boss, but you guys should probably check this out. But again, whether or not it was genuine, I don't know, but I had a lot of fun with that one. Uh, and then after that, Gallagher asked about the Wilson memo and Moultrie says like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard of that one. And it's like the, the Wilson mem- memo is a pretty big deal the last couple of years. And I find it impossible to believe that if you're a UAP task force that you haven't heard of that. So they're clearly lying about that. But I will go ahead and say that um, from what I've looked at, and if you want like if you want like a really detailed breakdown on the Wilson memo, check out um, uh, the Black Vault. They did a really good, uh, or John Greenwald Jr. did a good breakdown of that, and um, he makes a really strong case as to why it's probably not real, why it's probably some sort of hoax of, or other. But anyways, long story short, I don't put a whole lot of stock into the Wilson memo. But on its surface, it is very interesting, and maybe we'll do an um, episode on that eventually. But um, I guess since I already said I don't believe it, maybe that wouldn't be too strong of an episode. <laughs> <laughs> 
I have all kinds of quotes here. Like there's a um, another representative from uh, Illinois, uh, Krish Krishna Muthi, asked about aerial collisions, and Bray said that there are not no collisions, but there are eleven near misses. Um, and then this he he also asked Krish. Uh, Krishna, I hope I'm Krishna Morshi. I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, but he also asks a really interesting question: if there had been any communication signals from any of the objects, and um, if we have attempted to communicate with the objects. Now, again, we have this subtext. He's not saying that these things are aliens, but he's asking: Have we tried to communicate? Would you communicate with a missile? If a missile was nope. approaching your jet, would you would you try to say hello? Well, I- no, I try to ask it nicely not to hit me, but if I mean, can't. please don't kill me, Mr. Missile. If it was a Russian spy plane, are you going to try to communicate with it? No, there's this subtext. Again, we have the subtext where they're not saying aliens, but what he really means is aliens. You know, I just I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting how they're they're dancing around the topic through most of this discussion, you know. But anyways, they said, no, we haven't tried to communicate with them. And then um. He said, have we discharged any armaments against the UAP? They're like, no, we haven't. We, we would haven't. never. Which, you know, no, we know. Us? What? We, we've actually talked about cases on this show where they've done that. No, a battle of Los Angeles? Never yeah. happened. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, they, they've definitely shot at, at this stuff in the past, but they're like, nah, we wouldn't do that. There's there's plenty of cases we haven't talked about. Oh, you're about. talking about them. Oh, they did that. We didn't. We're a new group. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. And, the, and then he asks if wreckage has been found and is like, nah, we don't have any wreckage. Or he says, we don't have any wreckage that isn't consistent with something of terrestrial origin. <laughs> 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 it's like, so you're saying you have wreckage and you're just saying it's terrestrial origin. Okay. I mean, whatever, you know, I don't believe you, but it, it's the way that he worded that. It's almost like, it's almost like he's saying it in a way that like, like he knows that we're not going to believe him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but on the other hand, you can't just come out and say that he's lying because, I mean, who sounds more reasonable in that situation? If you're saying that you think he's lying, you'd be pretty ridiculous to say, oh, they totally have aliens. And now you're putting on your tinfoil hat there. It's just the way they worded this. These people are very clever with the way they're wording this stuff. Is Or they're writers. Yeah, yeah, they're right. Somebody's, yeah. Ver- somebody's very clever here, you know? Maybe it's the same person writing everything. It's just like one person. Yeah. <laughs> what was yeah, that ETA? I missed that. Would you say? Well, whether I was saying whether it was written for you or not, you still you still have to perform, right? Right. So yeah. it's a it could be just a combination of both, right? You have a couple of good actors there that are are good at what they're doing. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, like uh. So yeah, that they definitely. I mean, as you saw, like every person in that whole room making whatever statement they are making. You can see every single one of them are reading off of a script. And I'm not saying that's necessarily like a huge red flag just, in, you know, to begin with. But, I mean, it is, you know, it does kind of state that, like, a lot of this was planned out beforehand. You know what I mean? They they all, at least themselves, wrote out what they were going to say. And uh, even sometimes uh, uh, when they were answering questions, uh, Ronald, uh, Ronald Moultrie and, and Scott Bray, like, uh, they were looking down at, at, I don't know if they're reading from a script or notes, maybe. Who knows? But, like. It just seems to me like some, you know, some of what they said, 
may have been planned out beforehand, is all I'm saying. Yeah. The, the questions definitely by the representatives that were asked obviously were obviously were written out beforehand. There's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, with that closed session that they're supposed to have, there's other discussions that they're supposed to have, right? So, I mean, it's all on the table, but they have to, like, I... Surprised no one like accidentally slipped up some information like oh and subject you know six seven and si you know we found that dead body of that alien extra oh wait no that's closed session <laughs> you know <laughs> oh shit well yeah like uh, closed session I plead the fifth I plead the fifth <laughs> Krishna Krishna Murthy asked about underwater UFOs and they're like Moultrie immediately is like close closed session bro and then he asked um, about. Uh, have UAPs altered the development of our uh, offense or um, offense or defensive capabilities or even sensor capabilities? And he's like, closed session, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, I mean, while some of it definitely seems scripted, the, the Krishna Murthy guy, some of his stuff, I'm like, had, it makes me wonder, maybe it's not all scripted. I don't know. Cause some of his questions were like, they didn't, they did not want to answer his questions. They're like, no, nah, we're not going to, we're not going to touch that one. You know? Maybe they had just a couple of people come in who weren't in on it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. And then they were shocked by the quality of the questions he brought to the table. Yeah. And we absolute flabbergasted. We talked about this earlier. So the guy who asked about um the consequences of hoaxing, we discussed we we mentioned that earlier, right? Yes. That was that was Darren LaHood, a Republican from Illinois. And he asked basically he asked them like what what are you gonna do for false reports? What's the uh what's the consequence the, for that? The legal consequences. And, and they basically responded by saying, Hey, that's not our department, that's all you guys. Like you know, if you guys want to authorize us to drop the hammer, we'll do it. But you know, we can't do that without your authorization, is basically, you know, the impression I got. Which you was, know, it, it did kind of it did kind of worry me a little bit that that was even brought up though, like in these hearings. It's like, what, what do you mean, like, like legal ramifications for people who are like, like they're kind of like almost field. saying, yeah. Do well, you know what I mean? Like, they're almost saying, like, like should there be ramp, like, uh, should we punish people who are creating what I mean, maybe you might be able to call quote unquote like misinformation, you know, or whatever fake news, whatever quote you want to use. But like, what are you talking about, man? This whole field of like UFO and and related subject, you know, like there, there's been all kinds of different stuff that is like uh glorified and stuff that is obviously fake you know but there's also a lot of really compelling stories too throughout the years the decades i mean there's there's a lot of damn sightings and and um experiences you know that people claim to have had as well that are you know seem very compelling and uh I, yeah i don't know it's, it's well they're they're I probably know, I, I find i find it i they're they're talking probably more about yeah, things like the like known hoaxes, like the Maury Island incident where um, some airmen who went to go pick up the debris and transport it back ended up dying in a plane crash on the way back. So the hoaxers didn't actually kill anybody. It was a, just a, you know, an aircraft malfunction, but because of that hoax, you know, I mean, I guess you could say that plane would have crashed eventually anyways, but um, you know, it's in the, it's in Rupert's book, you know, and he talks about how it, you know, maybe if that hoax hadn't happened, those people wouldn't have had to die essentially, you know, but hoaxes do have real world consequences sometimes. And some people do definitely maliciously hoax these things. So I think that's more what they were getting at is how do you filter out the hoaxes and how do you discourage people from hoaxing? I think is really more what they were intending with that. Not necessarily to just sort of penalize anybody who reports something, but 
discourage people from false reports. So just think about like a false police report. If I called up their police right now and said, there's somebody breaking into my house and it turns out I was just, you know, doing it for fun. That has a real consequence that that police officer who comes to investigate is definitely going to not be investigating some other real crime to investigate my hoax. So somebody else is going to get hurt as a result of me reporting that, you know, and you're, if you do have a, if you report a hoax, you are eating up real resources that could have gone somewhere else, you know, is, is kind of, I think the, the important, uh, why they're concerned about that, I guess I'd say. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get, uh, another quote I have here is from Peter Welch from a Democrat from Vermont. And I, I kind of like this one cause it, it seemed at the, at, it didn't seem prepared at the very least. It seemed more confrontational. So he says, what seemed, what seems incredibly difficult for you is that there's two almost competing, but different narratives. No one knows whether there's extraterrestrial life. It's a big universe and it would be pretty presumptuous to have a hard and fast conclusion. And then if there is, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that there is some explanation coming here and that, uh, and that, um, let's see, uh, and that underlies a lot of the report you get. I think Mr. LaHood has, has been asking about that. People must think there's extraterrestrial life and it's not all beyond the pale that it would be a visit that they would visit here. Um, on the other hand, the DOD has a responsibility to make sure that our national security is protected in that if there are surveillance drones or active drones that can disable our systems, that has to be analyzed, has to be stopped. So that how do you separate your responsibilities where you get all these reports from folks who maybe maybe good faith, maybe not, believe that should be investigated every possible report of an extraterrestrial incident? I'll start with you, Mr. Moultrie. And Moultrie responds, there are elements in our government that are engaged in looking for life on other places. We Actually, I think Ether talked about this quote earlier, but in context, um, I just wanted to like like split hairs, like I've been saying. But they've been looking... They've been doing that for decades. They've been searching for extraterrestrial life. They're astrobiologists that have been doing this too. We are part of that same government. And so our goal is not to potentially cover up something if we were to find something. It's to understand what may be out there, examine what what it may mean for us if there are any from a defense perspective and any national security implications, ramifications, and to work with organizations if it's a weather phenomenon with NOAA, if it's a potential for extraterrestrial life in the case of extraterrestrials with someone like NASA. And then Peter Welch stresses the importance of transparency. And then Moultrie talks about protecting sources and methods. So he, he talks about like, it's the conversation is really interesting. He's saying, yeah, dude, if we find aliens, we'll totally, we'll totally be all over that. And then he's like, ah, but sources and methods, you know, <laughs> So we'll be transparent, but eh, maybe not, you know, it's like they're giving themselves that out. Like this, this, the theme runs through the entire talk. It's, uh, I don't know, maybe beating a dead horse at this point. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, around a lot of these questions and issues, they just plain beat around the bush. Yeah. Like they pussyfoot their way around the whole uh, issue, you know, like they say this and that. I don't know. It's just. It's a, uh, they give us just a little bit enough to keep like the carrot, you know, like they have, they dang, they're dangling the carrot, right? Like uh, in front yeah. of the horse, right? And, and then like, it's just like, they say a whole lot while at the same time saying very little, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, 
but it's kind of to be expected to be quite uh, honest you know i mean it's it's uh, i'm not surprised by it at all but like i said before you know it's uh i just hope that this is just the first step in the beginning of a series of disclosures or what have you you know what i mean you got something for us, Agent Ether? Well, I was going to say, after one. that, I really like this. Carson says, you know, basically, is there something you can give us besides these videos? Yeah. We'd like something more, like, dazzle us. The public's <laughs> not going to like this. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bray yeah. does his yeah, little... Yeah, Ron- Bray does his little uh, wishy-washy thing. And Scott Bray are like, more? You want more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. More, sir. Can I have more? Although Carson did ask a really interesting question. He said, does AIMSAW have a clear and repeatable process for public release as part of the process? And do you commit to building that process if it's not in place? And then Bray answers. He says, blah, 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 sources and methods. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Maybe we'll declassify it. And he says, what I will commit to, at least for that material that is under my authority. So he says, He's very specific there. He says it has to be under his authority, so he can't he can't speak for other people in the room. But stuff that's under my authority as the director of naval intelligence, if it doesn't involve sources and methods, and we can with intelligence or national security, or, or no, we can with a reasonable degree of confidence determine that it does not pose a foreign intelligence or national security threat, and it's within my authority to do so, I mean to declassify that. I believe very much in the transparency of this, and we will work very hard to balance that with our national security needs. But he gives all these asterisks. He gives himself all these outs. He says, yeah, we'll do that if we can, but probably not. You know, (laughs) it's essentially how he answers the question. (laughs) Yeah, but no. Yeah. And the last thing I hear, the last quote I wanted to talk about here was from Rick Crawford, Republican from Arizona. He asked, can you give an example of something we can't identify? And then Bray says, the 2004 Nimitz encounter, I can't point to something that definitively was not man-made. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting that he chose that case. The case that they released, at, like we talk, I talked about this previously on the show, how I felt that that was the release of that the Tic Tac stuff, right? We're talking mm-hmm. about the Tic Tac stuff, how I felt that that was part of soft disclosure and that they were intentionally releasing it and how it had actually been quote unquote leaked before, like way back in the day, you can look up the original release on the, some, um, above top secret. I was about to say something awful, but it was on the above top secret forums. It was where it was originally released, but it sort of fizzled out. And then they re re released it like later on that, like that whole thing. But, um, yeah, it's that it just, it's really interesting that he points to that again, and I think it's all part of the same narrative. But yeah, what are you going to say there, Agent ETA? Yeah, no, that video in itself was better than anything that they released during these hearings. And witnesses you know? have come out and said that that video was released in a, a degraded format. The original video is supposedly higher resolution, which mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't. We you kind yeah, of start well, going and- around in circles, you know. Yeah, and, and they also um, supposedly had, you know, radar confirmation or radar hits or whatever with that object as well, you know? Yeah, that's what I was trying to, you know, touch on, you know, a while back. I was just saying, like, it's, you know, it's so skeptical. Like, you can be easily dismiss something that you visually see as Photoshop or something altered it, right? But it's when you hit and see those actual 
like there's an object out there. Our radar is giving us something, some feedback. That's no bullshit, you know? So it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it enters a different, yeah, exactly. It pre-elevates it. Yeah. Those are the, those are the quotations I had that I wanted to talk about. And um, I highly recommend people going and listening to this for, you know, watching it on C-SPAN or whatever and pay attention to what they're actually saying. And I know this one, we maybe got yeah. a little too far in the weeds and it might be a, a little more bogged yeah. down than normal, but <laughs> I, this is a historical event. And I think that it's very important it to is. look at the actual words that were said. What did they actually say versus just throwing up our hands and saying it's a nothing burger and saying it was all a waste of time. And they're all just, yeah, you know, they're all just uh, wasting our time and, you know, it's just whatever. But if you look at what they actually said, there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on there and there's some very important things said. And if we just take a really yeah. good look at that, I think that, you know, we're going to see some trees versus the forest. And I think that there's, there's a lot going on here. And I think I, I don't know, after reviewing this, I'm, I'm leaning towards soft disclosure. That's what they're going yeah, for here. I agree. And I agree. By I agree. soft, I don't necessarily mean intelligent life. Although they're very clear that that's on the table. I think at the very least they're getting us ready for something. And that might just be, that might just be microbes on Venus. Who knows what it is, but they're definitely preparing the populace for something. That's what I think is going on here. Yeah. I mean, we've all kind of entertained that idea with each subject to a certain extent is, are they preparing us? You know what I mean? So it's not, and whether it be through the movies we watch or what we listen to, it's some sort of form of, soft you know release that's gonna and we said that soft release is at the mm. the word of this uh the word of yeah. the the episode but uh yeah just preparing us so we don't have this <laughs> sudden like you know it's a shock oh my god what what did this happen we weren't prepared for it you know his no we we've been prepared we've been monitoring this for years and you know even our ancestors before these organizations were in place saw people in the sky and then uh, equated them to gods so it's just it's you know why it's about time in my opinion that we're, we're starting to go into a you know this the coexistence is just you know accepting that there is something out there that you know we can't explain right now and whether it's something that wants to make contact with us you know we're all for it. I mean, I feel like the majority of it of people are ready for something at this point. And whether it, I don't think it's going to destroy religion. I don't think it's going to, you know, cause wars. I am worried that there would be a group of people that see it as a threat and will want to shoot first and ask questions later. But, you know, I think there's more sane people than there are crazy people. So, oh, hoping for the best. Yeah. I think there's different, oh, sure. I think there's different ways of looking at it too. Like for example, from the government's perspective, you want the people to think that, you know, that you have control over everything. You got everything under control, but if there's a power greater than that government, then all of a sudden there's the perception that they're no longer in control. You know, like there's a lot of different ways to sort of look at this, but um, I think that the government is, I don't know. I said it, I'm repeating myself maybe, but yeah, they're, they're definitely afraid you know, is the perception. I, there, there's this fear in the government of people having the knowledge that there's aliens out there, even though there certainly are somewhere, maybe not here. Maybe they're not visiting here, but there definitely are somewhere. You know, the universe is such a big place. What's the worst in the meantime? Is it somebody who's just going to like, 
you know, spend all their money and then not pay their bills anymore because a bigger, greater thing is on the way. And, you know, it might be all obsolete, you know, yeah. or, or is it, you know, somebody's going to freak out and be like, oh, no, I'm taking you out with me. I'm killing everyone, you know, because there are people, unfortunately, that shoot at people for no good goddamn reason. And well, part of my, you, <laughs> you know, know, sorry to take the Lord's name in vain. It's just. There's you know, ah, there's but. plenty of cases of UFOs or maybe the Kelly Goblins or whatever where people see something weird and they shoot at it. You're like, wait, hold on there. <laughs> but all right. So be- right, yeah, yeah. Before we wrap up this week's episode, we got a couple of things to talk about. First of all, I'd like to give a, a shout out to um Agent Redacted. Why don't you come up to the microphone there, Agent Redacted? That one. Agent Redacted has a YouTube channel, which I'm aware of, and is he's got some really cool animation. So Agent Redacted starting at a very, how, how old were you when you started teaching yourself how to do animations? Uh, I don't know. I think uh, around like eight because we posted it on our old YouTube channel. Yeah. So he taught himself how to, how to use like these programs to do like 2D stick figure animations. What was that program called? Uh, Pivot Animator and I'm 90% sure it's a virus. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it actually is a good program too if you can get past the viruses. <laughs> he's got some really good stuff there. He made when he, he taught himself how to do this. Like we didn't help him at all, like at all. But anyways, he's, uh, he just pointed out to me earlier that his YouTube channel just hit how many, how many views? Uh, around, uh, 1500 views. So around a hundred thousand, just a little over that little over a hundred thousand. Yeah. Okay. Congrats, I was like, brother. I was like, damn, you got a hundred. He hasn't been doing it. Like, dude, I've been doing this podcast for years and we only have like 500,000. Like, come on. <laughs> so I was, I was pretty excited about that. So I wanted to bring him on to talk a little bit about what is your channel? What's it called? What do you do on there? And can you plug my show on there? Because apparently you have more viewers than I do. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding about that. But no, tell us about your show, your channel. Um, well, I just upload like random shit. If it's on my computer and just kind of the back of the hard drive, I'll just kind of upload it. But you do like stop motion. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been uh, learning like a lot of Blender recently, which is a 3D VFX program. All right. And what's the channel called? Uh, Greg Debrat, G-R-E-G-D-A-B-R-A-T. On YouTube. Check it out. He's got some really fun stuff. I'll post some links in the Discord. I think I may have already, but I'll post some more links in the Discord of some of the fun stuff he's got going on there. Hey, yeah. What are some of the episodes that consist of? Is it like, you know, combat or is it, you know, what, what, what is it a drama? Is it, what, what, what are the episodes consist of? Well, it's either stuff blowing up or stick men killing each other. That's kind of my range of things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do get that recommended a lot for some reason. I used <laughs> to watch that new grounds back in the day with like disturbed playing in the background and, you know, this AMV of stick figures, like Super Saiyans. That's it. That's pretty <laughs> badass, though. Congrats, man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, thanks. I was watching one earlier. It's um, it's this uh, Lego cars, uh, stop motion Lego cars crashing into each other. It's pretty fun stuff. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining. Agent Redacted is actually wants to do. He's a couple episodes in the works that he wants to do. He's going to join us here pretty soon coming up when we get a chance. Well, I'll have to talk to him and arrange it, but... He wants to do what do you back rooms and there's another one you wanted to do too. Yeah, be prepared for action park. Oh yeah, action park. Yeah, action park. You want to do that? That'll be fun. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Agent Redacted, for you know coming on and talking about stuff. Let's get Agent Ether back here so we can close up the episode because she has to say keep it strange at the end. 
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you could really help us out by checking out the affiliate link in the description. This week, we're taking a look at alien t-shirts. Did you want an alien on your t-shirt? I knew you did. Well, if you look at the link, you'll find some really cool shirts they have. One of the shirts is a button-up, black and green, has little green alien heads on it. I actually have this one in my closet. It's a pretty cool shirt. Lots of compliments. Yeah, uh, uh, people definitely notice when you're wearing this thing around. (laughs) (laughs) Agent Ether, did you have a favorite alien t-shirt? Well, if you're into lizard people, you might like this one. It says, this is my human costume. I'm really an alien. (laughs) Nice. Well, anyways, they have a whole bunch to choose from, so take a look. Your purchase helps out the show because we get a little bit of money from it, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Keep it strange.